Yeah, we're going. I, I don't know if there's a uh, an intro. Maybe maybe uh, Billy and his beautiful pipes could fake us oh, up one. Like sing or just no, no, just no, talk. No, no, no. Just uh, uh, what what yeah. we decided to go with? Name of uh, podcast. You, you did uh, some, didn't did, you? Did you decide to go with a bobble babble mm-hmm. or a modern day burrito? Oh, well, <laughs> that's close, right? I like Bible Babble. Let's go with that. So you don't want to read that? No, uh, just uh, I just gave him the intro, the the name of it. It's Bible Babble now. No, I know, but if he wanted to say this is episode, oh three, yeah, we were just going to say uh, welcome to another episode of Bible Babble with Big Rick Welch and uh, no Rowdy Rick. <laughs> I like Rowdy Rick, <laughs> Rowdy Rick and Billy here at Giraffe Studios with Andy. And a special guest, Ralph the Giant. Ralph, <laughs> we're going Ralph, with wrestling names. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph the Hick Hicks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. he's not even from here, though. Yeah, so my dad is from Oklahoma. We we are the Hicks. You are, and then Andy Bishop, of course. Oh, I'm a New Yorker, but the Hick kind, honestly. You're New York. I thought I I thought you were from Boston. He's a Yankee. No, are you I a just, Red Sox I just fan? lived in Boston for a year in my twenties. You were in uh, the sound engineering school, right? Yeah, but I did that in Phoenix, actually Tempe. Oh, Oh. I used to live right down the road from that. My old roommate went to that school. The conservatory? Yeah, exactly. I lived right down the street from there. It was fun. I don't know if it was worth the money, but it got me where I am, which is working for myself, so it's not all bad. You would have spent time and money learning all of that, and it would have cost about the same and taken you 10 years longer. That's true. Had you been in the industry, so I think it probably gave you a kickstart. Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. One of my favorite experience of any rain of all time was in Phoenix after having been there all summer and it not raining and being, there was a week when it was 120 degrees. For, <sighs> it was outrageous. Wow. And when fall comes there, they get those crazy rainstorms that, uh, only happen in Phoenix in the U.S., like a particular sort of rainstorm that only happens there. And after that summer, you are so thankful for that rain that it is like a damn baptism. It is just yeah. like, it is raining so hard mm. you can't see. And you're just like standing yeah. out in it, fully clothed, as happy as you've ever been in your whole life. Really? It's great. Oh, it, was wow. like a, it was like a religious experience. It's the best definition of a monsoon because when you drive down the streets, literally, it's up to the side of your car because wow. they can't handle that much rain there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, a dry they, heat, whatever that means. <laughs> so it's an still oven. hot. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> degrees, but there's no humidity. So therefore, when you're cooking, it doesn't feel like yeah, you're wet when yeah. you're cooking. <laughs> it's <laughs> a dry I rub. wonder if hell is yeah, a dry yeah. heat. Yeah. It's more <laughs> like being on a grill instead of a crock pot. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's still hot, okay? It's still hot. I, I would bet hell alternates just so you don't get used to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think... I think Wet heat Wednesdays. Kind of like Daniel said, turn him over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... All right, well, I'm, I actually made an um jar, and I was going to bring it today. I can't believe I, f- I forgot it, because I'm, when I say um, Andy has to remove them, and it costs me a dollar every time he removes well, them. So this is the Toastmasters version of Babel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and Andy said in the last email he sent me, he said that he had so many likes that he offset them, so I guess we were even. <laughs> oh, it's true. I, get a, I thank you for reminding me of that. Maybe I'll pay attention a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's the, the best part about this, is it's low-key. We don't really care. But you know, so we'll get started. So, Bible babble, it is okay. Okay, I like With my it. sexy voice. Yeah, Bible babble. Yeah. What are you gonna do to run on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that's so terrible. <laughs> no, I, think that's a, I think that's a different show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Bible Bar after hours. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, welcome, Ralph. I'm so glad you're here. I wanted him here because he is, um, well, he's one of my, honestly, one of my great friends. And we've only known each other uh, three or four years now, I guess. We've done some films together and, um, you know, he's just very intelligent, always very helpful. So that's why I wanted to have him here. Cool. And he's very knowledgeable, you know. I don't know about the intelligent, knowledgeable thing. I, I notice you're sitting here talking off the cuff and I brought three books with me so, <laughs> so that I can look things up when you say something. Yeah. So, oh, uh, we all aspire to keep up with Rick in that regard. Maybe, I'm, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm smart because I brought the books. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... That's the greatest part about this podcast for me is that I can, you know, I can talk about this stuff openly instead of just reading it and saying, hmm, why is this all in my head? If I tried it, sometimes I've tried to take it to a pastor and I talk to them about it and you're off the rails, it's too far. And I'm, I'm not trying to go off the rails. I'm just reading something and I'm not reading it out of context. I'm reading it within the context. And that's the part that's frustrating. I see all these dogmatic things that are happening. I see people that are turned away by Christianity. And it's it shouldn't be something that's so easily turned away from. Not that we're, you know, we don't want to prod somebody into it. It's a wonderful thing that, that Jesus did. It's the most wonderful thing. It really is for me. And when I want to share it, I don't want to argue. It's not, I have no interest in arguing. I, I absolutely agree. And the reason why I agreed to do this is because you said, we're different people at different levels of belief mm -hmm. that are just having a conversation. And I think the great thing about it is there are going to be people listening to this, hopefully, that don't have the same faith that either of us do. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to be able to hear different versions, and hopefully they'll find something to connect to and say, hey, I've thought what that guy thinks, or how did he get to where he thinks that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and different people have different levels of belief. My wife works for a dentist who uh, who really believes, and his has much more faith than me, in my opinion, because everybody comes in contact with, he talks to them about God. And my daughter's friend was over, and she goes, I can't believe he does that all the time. And what do other people think about it? And I'm like, well, if you had the cure for cancer, wouldn't you tell everybody you know? Exactly. And I said, the Lord calls us to tell everybody we know about his grace. So I'd say he's right on track. I wish I had the courage to do what he does, but the reason I don't do it as much is because I'm worried about what other people think. Exactly. So I think we're in a group here where I know you well enough that you know how I think and I know how you think and we don't judge each other. Mm -mm. Uh, no. And if you think I'm wrong about something, you might mention it and you might not, uh, but you don't judge me for it. And I and I and I know the man behind the curtain as well a little bit because we did some filming together and I just know that he's you know he's one of those WYSIWYGs. What you see is what you get. He is honest and open, and this is who he is, and uh, I like that about him. And so when you said he's going to be a part of this and we're all doing this together, I thought this this is a wonderful forum for people with knowledge or without knowledge to listen and be a part of. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. And I would represent the latter group, right? Meaning? The the with knowledge or without knowledge? The WYSIWYG. <laughs> the WYSIWYG. <laughs> you're, you're part of the WYSIWYG. I represent the WYSIWYG kids. Hey, Is we that? all have a knowledge of something. That's what we said in the last podcast. I said, that's why I'm here, because he has a knowledge of all of this stuff. It's something that you share. You know a lot about these things, too. 
I'm not interested in knowing anything. I just want to make sure that it works when it's done, you know, Yeah. when it comes to sound recording and all this. But as far as the Bible is concerned, it, it was just something that I, I got passionate about. In my young, you know, when my children were born, especially is when it really happened for me, because I was believing specific things that uh, weren't necessarily true. And being a part of a group where I felt, how come I'm reading this and it's it's completely opposite of what you just said? You know, I don't, I can't even see it. And I got very frustrated. And so I just decided to study it as much as I possibly could so that I wouldn't have to feel that way anymore. But then I discovered Jesus like in a whole new light. And I was like, oh, you know, this is, it's, it's, it, I, I use the word amazing. That's the only word that I can really use. He truly was an amazing human being. And some people hate them. I think they hate him for some reasons, you know, that are legit, you know. Um, he said some pretty hard things. And he, he, like you said earlier, he was very black and white. There was no gray area with, with Jesus at all. I mean, he he came here on a mission. His mission was to come and die, actually, and that's the, the strange part. Well, he was all about the truth and, and coming at you. You know, what you see is what you get. But, hey, there's still the truth. There still is black and white. You know, that, that movie Samurai, uh, one of the things that one of the guys says is, I interpret uh, and he says, well, I'm just here to tell you this. And he says, well, yeah, and we, the Japanese, aren't here to tell you exactly what the truth is. So I have to find a way to tell it to them so that they'll listen to it. Mm -hmm. And it's people don't want to hear the truth about themselves. I, When I hear the truth about myself, it hurts. And then I'm like, okay. So that's right. Uh, <laughs> I have to deal with it mm -hmm. and then move on to what am I going to do about it? Yeah, one of my favorite verses, the Bible says that, it's Paul that says it. He said that... Um, a person can look at themselves in the mirror and then walk away and forget what they look like. That's what the Word of God is like to us and for those of us who try to shy away from what it's telling us. It's like looking into a mirror and saying, oh, that's me, and then walking away completely forgetting what I looked like. And the Bible does that to me all the time. You know, when I read it, I always try to find some personal application. You know, I'm not strictly application. Sometimes I do it for enjoyment and sometimes I'm in an in-depth study, but I like to try to find things that I can apply to my life. Like grace, you know, grace was given to me and then we should give grace to others. You know, if, if somebody has a disagreement with us, I don't feel the necessity to behead them. I don't feel the necessity to burn them at the stake. Although both of those things have been used by the Christian church in the past, as well as other religions. You know, I'm not interested in that, you know, but listen, beheading and violence because of, look, the Israeli army in the time when Joshua was around, they were brutal in the time with, you know, they would kill every man, woman, and child and all the beasts. And you couldn't, you know, you don't take the spoils, you just eliminate this entire nation. It sounds harsh, but you have to read the whole thing. You can't just read that one little part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into the episode. Okay. Um, a big old um. um <laughs> we I didn't even hear it. Dang. Like, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like, we decided to call the podcast Bible Babble. Let's say that three times. Bible Babble. Bible Babble. Bible Babble. Very good. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling. I've been hungry. practicing. He only really got the first one right. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> That's right. 
Still, I have a problem with uh, burritos. Yeah, Bur- modern day burritos. Mar- the Bereans. 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 There you yes. Go. Okay. I liked it because in the book of Acts, when Paul and Silas are in Berea and they're talking from the scriptures about the Messiah, they went back and they studied the scriptures themselves to prove and to make sure that what Paul and Silas were saying was true. Gotcha. And so I saw us as we're studying the Bible and we're trying to get some proofs. However, yeah, at different different we're not uh, coming views. at it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to refute everyone. We're just having a conversation about it. Yep. So calling it Bible babble is perfect. <laughs> I like it. And for those who are feeling that I've proselytized you, I still am even if it is babbling. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought you called it Bible babble because you invited me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I, I have a couple of corrections uh, that I want to take over. You know, no one obviously has listened to this podcast yet, but if they do listen into it, you know, in sequence. Uh, last time I had said that uh, there was a uh, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the earth. And that's incorrect. It's blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the true verse. So I made a mistake there. Um, There are some people who are very, very serious about, you know, the recitation of scripture. And if you get it wrong, they'll cut you off. Yep. So if they are hearing this third episode, I apologize. I said it wrong. That's why we say babble. (laughs) It's kind of interesting to say poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So they're gaining everything, even though they're poor in spirit. However, is that one of those things where uh, different translations will say that maybe differently? No, or no, no, no. There's not. a okay. They the other th- these are called the beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heaven. Uh, the other one was blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So Jesus has these beatitudes that he says, and I just got them mixed. Is all I did without reading it. It was just I recited it in my head, and anyway. So, over the last two episodes, we have talked about the creation being that Jesus was the actual creator. We use the New Testament to prove that. Uh, We also understood that we cannot separate Jesus and the Holy Spirit from the Father. They are uh, what we call the Trinity, even though it's not a word in the Scripture. They are the triune Godhead. They They have always simultaneously been forever and all eternity, according to what the Bible says, Uh, whether you believe it or not. It's just what the Bible says. So we're looking at it from the what the Bible says. Uh, we also got into heaven and hell, and we talked about how Jesus was seen as this loving hippie guru, and a lot of people, hey, he's really cool, man, and he's sort of um, just this great guy, but he is the one that brought the doctrine of hell into existence. He's the one that actually taught that, and he was using it towards the establishment. He didn't really talk about that towards Peter or anyone else, uh, except uh, whenever Peter would mistakenly say something and Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan, which is almost like, <laughs> you know, Satan took over Peter or something, but we're not getting into that today. The This episode is about Jesus's power of resurrection. If you remember in the last episode, the final thing that was stated to the rich man that was in hell was that if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't even believe the testimony of someone that's been raised from the dead. That's what was Jesus was saying that this is what was said in his story or you know whether it was parable or factual either way that's the last Jesus spoke those words and said even if that happened and I had said that this was not a parable because he used the name Lazarus and I'd also said that I think it's the same Lazarus now I could be wrong it's not impossible for me to be wrong I know that's shocking but in all reality I think I probably could prove somewhat Lazarus 
in the New Testament, they talk about his sisters. They don't talk about five brothers. But when the word brethren doesn't necessarily mean just brothers, I think. I think brethren is like family. So I think that it could be three sisters and two brothers, or two sisters and three brothers, or whatever. I don't know. Also, Lazarus, I had said, if the Lazarus was a beggar, he most likely would have been cast into the Valley of Hinnom. Whereas in John chapter 11, Lazarus is put into a tomb. So they don't really coincide. However... And that was a popular name back then, correct? It was. Okay. Yeah. As far as I understand, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the only time I'd ever heard that word. Yeah. It was from the scripture from that time, but there's a lot of names of that time. Like Jesus, his name is Yeshua. We just say Jesus, but it's Yeshua and it means salvation. It's the same name as Joshua, except we differentiate him and call him Jesus and call him Joshua. Yeah. And it wasn't an uncommon name. No. Not at all. In um, the Old Testament said that, and his name shall be Emmanuel, which means God with us. But when Jesus was named, the angel said to give him the name Yeshua, salvation. So with those last two podcasts, we've talked about Jesus being the creator. We also talked about his discussion about the afterlife. And then we talked about they won't believe the testimony, even if this man comes back from the dead and tells you what this is about. And Jesus has the ability to resurrect people from the dead. And that's seems almost fairy tale like. You know? There there are other religions. I believe, and Andy, I don't know if you ever studied Osiris or not, but I think Osiris was born of a virgin and I think he resurrected somebody from the dead. And I do know there's a couple parallel stories. Uh, none of them come to mind right now. I did some light reading on the subject at some point in my 20s. Yeah. There's actually, I think there's multiple. There's at least two or three before even before even Jesus. Yeah, well, some of the some ancient. Some of the Zoroastrianism as well. Mm-hmm. Some old ancient texts use some of the similar stories. Um, like, for instance, in ancient Egypt, the symbol for flood are eight people in a boat. Well, that's the narrative of the scripture. Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives. There's the eight, you know. So, but we're going to get into what the scripture says about Jesus, his ability to resurrect. He tells Martha in John chapter 11 that I am the resurrection and the life. But that is the culmination of three and a half years of ministry. He's walking towards his death. That's where he's going. He's in the city of Bethany which is two miles east of Jerusalem, he is on his way. The disciples are nervous because they know if he goes anywhere near the city that they're going to capture him and kill him. They know it. But prior to that, one of the things that, one of the first miracles that Jesus ever did before he started his ministry, his true ministry, he was invited to a wedding. And Jesus' first miracle happened at a wedding. He was invited. He brought his disciples with him. And while he was there, they were living it up, which is what a Galilean wedding is like. They had wine and they were living it up. And uh, suddenly Jesus's mother comes up to him and says, they have no wine. That's all she says. They have no wine. And if you read my my 16-page syllabus that I sent everybody... Then you know that what I had said was, is that that was a disaster. Yeah, it's a big deal. For the group. Yeah. You can imagine you've got this big party. You don't really want to send anybody out to go get more beer or wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you will. Mm-hmm. You know, you will. Run down the Ingles. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. But they don't, you know, they couldn't do that back then. This was a year of planning. Oh, you don't have a 24-hour shop there either. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Quick, somebody, make wine. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes, take it out of the carton, please. Okay. Get a big old box of wine. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Thunk. Yeah. So... Whenever Mary says this to Jesus, he says, woman, what have I to do with you? Like, and the reason he's saying that is because she knows what his capabilities are. In the book of Luke, it says that she kept all these things in her heart. She held it close, but she knew who he was. And it's almost like she was trying to hurry him up and get him underway. Like, let's get this going if you're going to do this. Okay. And But then she turns and looks at the servants at this wedding and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So he tells them to get six, these six water pots, they're called ceremonial washing, you know, hand washing pots, okay, which is something that the Jews would use for their ceremonial hand washing to be clean. And he says, fill them with water, they fill them to the brim, and he turns the water into wine, and then they taste the wine, and they say, this is, most of the time, we save the best wine for the beginning, and then the bad wine at the end, but this is the best. That's advice worth taking. So that's his... It yeah, is. Yeah. It is good advice. But so he's he's done this. Okay, this is his first miracle. So when he said he tells his mom, "My hour is not yet come." I, what do you? What have I to do with you? But yet he does it. So now his ministry is underway. The disciples have seen that he has this supernatural ability, very unique person, and it sets him on his course for this ministry. But as you watch him go, there's always these. This establishment, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these, you know, rulers of the synagogues, some of these hateful Jews that aren't happy with the things that he's doing, that are always nipping at his heels and always trying to get him to stumble and do something wrong so they can arrest him or trying to just capture him or try. Sometimes they actually pick up stones to stone him because he makes the claim that he's God, you know, in this one instance. But as he is going through his ministry, he's never done anything so miraculous that it would really... I mean, yes, he's made a lame man walk. There were all kinds of people back then that could fake that. Or maybe the, the blind man could see. Well, maybe he really wasn't blind, right? Yeah, there's ways around it. Or the lepers. He heals 10 lepers. And did they really have a leprosy? Maybe that was just fake. Maybe we were staging it. Maybe the leper, leprosy was just running its course, right? Right. <laughs> the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's safe to say that as as Jesus is going through his ministry, there's this one time where he's walking into this town called Nain. And I want you to try to picture this if I can show you, okay? You're walking into this town and you see a funeral procession. There's all these people that are walking, they're wailing, they're crying, they're upset. There's this woman that's following the, there's this man that's being carried. Okay. He's being taken. He's in a coffin, actually. The scripture says he's in his, this coffin as they're carrying him through. And Jesus sees them and he walks up and he reaches his hand into the coffin and he raises this young man to life in the middle of a funeral. No one asked him to do it. You hear him buzzing? Oh, 
That's just oh. this mic's buzzing just because it's next to this monitor. Oh. And when I unmute it, that yeah. comes on. I just unmute it so that I can like cough and be fidgety, which I am absolutely perpetually in my life uh, without being distracting. So that's, yeah. It's like every time I go in the library, I have to fart, but I don't know why. <laughs> it's true. We're on a date. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine being at this funeral. Imagine yourself and it's your child. No one asked him to do it. Okay. So he walks up, he sees this woman and the title in the scripture is the widow of Nain's son. Do you have the Bible with you? Do you have, it's in Luke chapter 7. Jesus raises the son of yeah. the widow of Nain. Would you mind reading that? Now it happened you, the day uh, after that. Can you be a little more on Get closer to the mic. Thank oh, you. certainly. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and in many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. So the thing that always struck me is that nobody asked him to do it. You know, later on you're going to find people ask him for things. But she didn't ask. He had compassion on her just because he did. Death's all around him. Death happens all the time. We all deal with death. But for some reason, but there's something unique about this. This was a widow. This woman, if you go back into the Old Testament, you can see where this has happened in the past. Elijah does it for a widow. What happens in Israel is if you are a widow, you no longer are an owner of property unless you have a son or an heir that this property will pass on to. So her entire living condition was based upon the fact that she had a son who had inherited the land of the father. So basically she was about to become destitute. She was weeping. After they bury her son, who knows where she's going to go? That's the reality. But instead, they got to go home. And we don't know any of the other part of the story. It would be speculative at best to try to come up with something behind it. That's all it is. Jesus just had compassion. I find it interesting that the logic there was that he did not raise the dead for the sake of the dead. It's a, just an interesting kind of diversion from probably what is actually the point. But That's an excellent point. And he had compassion for her. A lot of the miracles that he does that I've read and the things that stick out to me the most— are not the ones where he goes somewhere and heals someone and everyone's waiting for them to be healed. It's the ones that come up to him and say, all you have to do is say that he's healed, and I know that he'll be healed. And those that have that kind of faith, uh, and he points it out a few times, where just because you believe that, it is done. Mm -hmm. 
And that's that's what always came out to me with is it's faith. I've had people say, well, you know, how do you know you have faith? And I said, well, when you go to bed at night, <laughs> you believe you're going to wake up tomorrow. That's that's faith. Just because I didn't relay it to Jesus doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Everybody has faith in something. Sure. That was a really good point, Andy. I hadn't even thought of it that way. About most of the time when people are raising someone from the dead, that's the point, yeah, right? Usually it's for like, the. Oh, uh, we're going to bring them back to the dead. So they can live more. So that person yeah, can live following more. Following yeah. the logic that you laid out, it really had nothing to do with him. He, he was raising the no. dead for the sake of the living, as it were. And I say that like that only because it's poetic, and I knew it would be before I said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked. And I don't think it was always uh, for the people around, because he often downplayed things and asked them not to tell people. Like when he did his first miracle, he told everybody, don't don't tell anybody that it's happened. He he wasn't trying to play it up. Uh, so it, it, I, I think it, it wasn't for everybody else there, which is weird because when you think about it, that's what many Christians, and I come, I was a Catholic. I, I was born and raised a Catholic. So there were a lot of these things where this is supposed to be this way and this is this way, and then you look in Scripture and you can't find it. Jesus didn't do that. He wasn't showing off. He wasn't trying to flex his muscle or anything. He just, he did what, what, what was right for him. Oh, yeah. He, he knew what he was doing anyway. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, I mean, it wasn't just like, well, I'm just going to raise this guy from dead. You know, there was a purpose behind it. It wasn't just like, well, I'm, I'm going to show everybody who I am. I mean, he knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows what Ralph's going to do tomorrow. He's gonna, he knows what I'm going to do tomorrow. So, I mean, it's... If if you want to make him laugh, you tell him your plan. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's true. You know, so I mean, it's not like you're going to surprise him. Well, um, Jesus is God. I think that's something that not everybody puts together because it's always Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But the, they they say three and one. It is one. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. That's just it. That's a that's the claim, and he made it. He did actually make that claim. That's why they. Uh, that was really why they put him to death was because it said that he claimed to be equal with God and that is a an abhorrent sin to them that is that's uh, you know a damnable offense to make well, that I claim well i think that's how they got the, the romans to put him to death but i don't think that's why they put him to death i think they were afraid that he was going to take over and and show, tell the people the truth uh and that they weren't going to be following the pharisees and the sadducees and, and and in my opinion, giving them the money to have the lavish lifestyles that they had back then. I think that is the reason that they were finally able to use uh, to get the Romans to put him to death. But I don't think that's why they personally did it. Yeah, and the way that they used the Roman government was to say, because he had said he was the king, right? which was an insurrection, and you don't allow that. And so the Romans were a killing machine. That's what they did. That's what crucifixion was. Yeah, yeah. crucifixion <laughs> was, and also what the Romans did. I mean, they were just a killing machine. And so the minute you start saying, I'm as high as Caesar, you're done. You know, that's how they were using it. But even Pilate, the Roman governor, we're going to, I think that's what we're going to do in the next podcast is the actual crucifixion. But that's the Roman governor said, I find no fault in this man. Even even the Roman government didn't see any fault, but they forced it. The Jewish government forced it to make it happen. Well, and Pilate was in a precarious position, too, because of the political things that were going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he had to make the Jews happy yeah. uh, because there was a lot of other things going on behind the scenes, like we see in governments today. So, I, that was part of the mix as well. 
Yeah, sure. Well, and you said something earlier, and that's true. I'm just trying to remember exactly how you put it. Whenever, whenever Jesus did something, he would shy away. You'd said like he he wouldn't he wouldn't tell people. He would say, "Don't tell anybody." You know, just keep this to yourself. Don't say anything out loud. And then the next line would be, "And they went and they spread it abroad, and he became more famous." Like yeah. every time he'd tell them to stop they would do it anyway and make things worse for him to the point where he couldn't even walk. You know, he would be in the press, which we'll get into that here in just a second. But when we get to the the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus prays out loud so that the people can hear him. And he says, I'm saying this out loud, not because I want them, not, not because of you, because you and I talk consistently. I'm saying it on their behalf so that they know who I am and who you are. And that was a big moment. That's when he finally does that. And he's getting ready to bring it. He's pulling out all the stops. I mean, he's, there's a lot to it. But anyway, so let's get on to the next part. So he's raised this widow of Nain. He has compassion. Now, fast forward, he's in the city of Capernaum. This is in, uh, I believe it's Luke chapter eight. And it's the raising of Jairus's daughter. You might have to look for that one, but I think it's Luke eight. Or it might even be John chapter eight. I don't know, but just see if you can find it, Ralph. If you hear flipping, that's Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, which which part? Because it's 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 quite a uh, there, there's quite a few chapters there. Well, let me see. It's, so from uh, well here plan. here I have it. Oh yeah. Okay. So I definitely want to read the part about the woman with the issue of blood. And so it, it talk about where he, they come into a Capernaum and he's surrounded by so many people. Well, I'll I'll just read the whole thing if you like. All right, perfect. Uh, so we're at Luke forty. Uh, Luke 8:40 A girl restored to life and a woman healed so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him for they were all waiting for him and behold there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus's feet and begged him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying but as he went the multitude thronged him now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. I'm going to stop there for, for this reason. Earlier I said faith. And many times Jesus healed people because of their faith. And, and what faith to this woman, she knew all she had to do was touch his garment and she would be healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace." While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. And again, we have that, tell no one what had happened. Right. 
Well, and it's interesting because he was, it says they were thronging him. And I had said, imagine paparazzi, you know, around the royal family or Princess Diana when she couldn't even go anywhere without people just everywhere all over her, just trying to get to the car. You know, he's just trying to walk. And the disciples are like, what do you mean somebody touched you? Of course. I mean, there's a yeah, hundred yeah. people pressing against this, you know? He said, no, I felt the power go from me. Now, you said it was her faith that made her well, but he didn't even know that she was there. According to the scripture, we know that he's God, that's fine. But I, I've said this before, he grew, he, it says this in the scriptures that he grew in wisdom and stature. That means if he grew in wisdom, that he didn't have all wisdom. If you can grow in it, then you didn't have it all. Does it make sense? So, Jesus as a human is still very much human. So, he doesn't know that she's there. He's going where he's supposed to go, and these things are happening. He's he's always told his disciples, I'm going wherever the Father's telling me to go. So, he's on a mission, and that's where he's going. But he doesn't know he's going to Jairus' house that day. He doesn't know that the woman's going to touch him. He doesn't. He didn't even know who touched him. So, there's so many things about Jesus Christ that people miss. Number one, you can get a lot from him. And he doesn't even know it as a human. He has compassion. He has compassion. Because if you notice, the ruler of the synagogue got on his face. A ruler of a synagogue is a Jew that has no interest in what Jesus is doing. You understand? He's talking about fulfilling the law. He is claiming to be the Messiah. They don't believe that. So Jesus, but he has this ability. There's something about him. As soon as you hear his name or he's in your town, you want to see him. And if you are in dire straits, you want him. And that's what Jairus realized. His daughter was dying. They all thought he was a crackpot until all of the crowds came around and his name got out. And if people started saying the things he was doing. Well, as a matter of fact, they thought he was a lunatic and they went and got his family and his family came to get him. In the scriptures, they came to get him and he was like, what? You know, and their mother like, hey, your family's here, you know, come get him. And he's like, no. Actually, you're my family. You're my mother and my sister and my daughter and my brother. You know, and they thought he was crazy, the things that he was saying. But Jesus is walking through this town and he suddenly, this woman is touching the hem of his garment. The hem. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. She was desperate. She had spent all of her money. Do you know how the rich man and the beggar Imagine this woman who has had this vaginal flow of blood. She is considered unclean in the scripture. She is not allowed to enter a synagogue. She is not even allowed to touch anyone because she is unclean. That's what happens to a woman during her period. Even her husband is considered unclean, okay, if because of the period. And then whenever after she is fully cleansed, then she can go to the synagogue, then she can touch her family, then she's no longer unclean. This woman was unclean for 12 years. But isn't it interesting that the little girl is 12 years old? So, the 12, there's something interesting about this part of the story, too. So, the ruler of the synagogue of their town has a 12-year-old that is dying at the time. So, he falls at his feet. Please, my daughter is dying. Will you come? Yes, I'll come. A woman touches him and stops him. Okay? I believe there's more to this story than you can actually see. I think that the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus know each other. And I'll tell you why. Because when she interrupted Jesus and stopped him, Jairus' daughter had enough time to die. So he didn't make it in time. Right? This ruler of the synagogue probably has dealt with this woman who knows how long. 
she's probably came crying to him numerous times. This is all speculation, but I don't think so. I think that they knew each other. They're in the same town. You know people in your town. Oh, yeah. You know Crazy yeah. Ronnie. Everyone knew yeah. everyone then, yes. You know Crazy Ronnie? You know, he's the one that gets yeah. the fifth of King Cobra. Yeah. yeah. Not was, a fifth of King Cobra, a 40 King That's Cobra. why they couldn't get any more wine, because everyone was at the party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think that they knew each other. Okay. All right. Now, regardless if they knew each other or not, Jairus has been put out by this woman. And he turns to this woman and he sees her and she she's so upset and she tells him why I did it. For 12 years, I have bled and I've been unclean and I was at my wit's end and I've spent all my money and I'm destitute and you were my only hope. And he calls her daughter. He says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now go. That's compassion. I mean, he felt this power go from him. So it was yeah. obvious. So you don't think that Jesus knew who touched him? No, absolutely not. There are some that will say that he did. You not to think that he just maybe, I don't want to say acted like he didn't, just to see if whoever touched him would come out and say, I did it. Could well, he be? No, if he, if, if he knew, he would have just turned around and said daughter. Or he would have... Jesus doesn't play games. No. Well, I understand that. Yeah. But he wasn't he wouldn't be testing the disciples to see if they would point her out and say, There's the sinner that touched you. There's that unclean hooker. <laughs> right? Like whatever. <laughs> Jesus isn't he's not playing a game. Jesus didn't know who touched him. The Bible says, Who touched me? Jesus isn't faking the, the question. Yeah. We want to give him all power because he does have power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are things about him where he doesn't have full power. He doesn't. If you can't even look at God because of the brightness of his image, think about it. Moses couldn't see him, right? When Moses came down the mountain, he was glowing like a space alien, and he only saw the hinder parts. He put... Elijah in the cleft of the rock, I think it was. Was it Elijah? And he says, I'm going to show you my back. This is all I can show you. And it blinds him like he can't see. Nobody can look at God. So if Jesus is fully God while he's in human flesh, he's going to burn all of our eyes out. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. he's, he's a human. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. If you use those words and keep it in context, if you're growing in something, you didn't have it. It's very simple. So I believe that Jesus was very much man. He was a human being. I don't even know if he knew who he was part of the time until he was close to 12. I think his mother knew who he was, but she held all those things in her heart. It's not like she raised him up to be that. Whenever he went to the temple and was gone for three days and his parents were freaking out and they went and found him. He I'm says, about my father's business. And that is the bar mitzvah. That's where he takes the man's role. He was going to be a carpenter, but he wasn't being a carpenter. He was ministering at the temple. I am about my father's business. It says that he was, it was, they were amazed at what he knew, but even then he grew in wisdom and stature. Well, he continued to, to learn and grow. He knew the scripture as well as, as anyone else did. Theoretically, he is the scripture because well, he's the very yeah. word, but he emptied himself, according to Hebrews, he emptied himself and he became a man. Right. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He became a man and lowered himself into the form of a servant, even to the point of death. That's how far he lowered himself. I don't think there's any way he could have connected with people if he didn't become a man and didn't come about people and, and relate to them on their own level. And you can't do that. Like you said, if he reveals himself completely, we would be ashamed and we would know. Right. So he couldn't reveal himself. I don't know that given the way it sounds like his life happened, that he could 
at that point in his life very well connect with people either, though. Even if it's a given that it's partial power, he's already an alien, basically. That's exactly like, right. And he even claimed as such. He said, I'm not from this world. He said that. I am not of this world. And my kingdom is not of this world. You know, he said that all the time. Sometimes I would look at it like, is he actually saying he's an alien? I mean, but we always put alien into the context of some little green men and Martians and all that. He was an alien. The word alien means a stranger who is not from here. He was not from here. According to scripture, he was not from here. His, he was a born of a virgin and this was from the Holy Spirit basically God's blood into man. I was talking about eggs the other day. You can get eggs from hens all the time and they're fine. And as soon as you get a rooster in there, you'll get eggs and it's got a little red dot in it because the male's bringing the blood. (laughs) That's kind of the same thing. You know, it was the male that infected the blood into the woman. That's where the blood transferred. So this was a woman that was born without male blood. You know, this was a man that was born of a woman without male blood that was in male semen. In other words, anyway, we're not really off topic. But we are talking about semen <laughs> and aliens. No, you're never Superman was an alien, you know. I mean, if you think what, about you it, say, super, uh, I was going to say you're never off topic <laughs> when you're talking about semen. <laughs> I'm still curious. Okay, so you believe the uh, the girl who touched Jesus and who knew one another? Jairus, the ruler Jairus. of the synagogue, because they're from the same town. Okay, now. Why is that pertinent, I guess? The reason it's pertinent is because the Bible was pretty specific about time, 12 years and 12 years. I thought it was odd. Why would it matter? Unless they were, okay, so in the story, it's like, well, this woman's been dealing with it for 12 years. That's fine. This little girl was 12 years old. Oh, it's just coincidental. There's a lot of things in the scripture, but coincidence is very rare. (laughs) You know, God usually has a purpose. Yeah, the words have meaning. Every word has meaning and every word is there for a reason. If it didn't need to be there, it wouldn't. So if, if if it didn't matter that there were 12 years and that the girl was 12 years, then it wouldn't say that. Right. And so I think that he put he put that in there for a reason. It's for us to sort of to sort of draw into it. Do you know how, Andy, like as a recording engineer, you have so many talents that you have now that you didn't have when you started? Is that true? Oh, uh, how about as a bass musician? Yeah, Are you a better yeah. bassist now than you yeah, were 20 years yeah. ago? And, you know, you're better at your job and you've, you've learned things, right? Some people have a craft and they get really, really great at it. You might start as a basic piano player. Next thing you know, you're a concert pianist. You've learned and you've, you learned how to play that instrument so well. The Bible is the ultimate in writing. It's the ultimate in written form. When you study it long enough, you start to see things that come from the page that actually it's almost like 3D. And so when he uses the words like 12 years and 12 years and all that, it stimulates the mind and you say, why did you put that there? And then you start to see, wait, okay, let's think about if I was in this town, you get in the, you get in this town and it's a press and he's getting pressed on and Jesus is just trying to go somewhere. Where is he going? We don't really know where he's going, but we just know what happens to him. This guy, Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. This is the head man in charge of their church. And Jesus is coming on a God mission. So this man's daughter is dying, and here he comes. And when he gets there, he's going to have compassion for Jairus, but this other woman interrupts him. Think about the time frame. Jairus is on a time schedule. Hurry. Imagine if your daughter's dying. 
Imagine if Piper is dying. Mm-hmm. You're going to do everything in your power to stop that from happening. Yeah. And imagine how you feel about the woman that interrupts him exactly. and takes some of his power. And what if you knew that woman and she had bugged the piss out of you for 12 years? Yeah. Imagine what that would do to the heart of man. Wait, you've had 12 years. I'm sorry it's not working out for you. My 12-year-old is dying now and she's getting time with the Lord. He called her daughter. He called her daughter. Okay. Now, she goes on. He turns around back to Jairus. His servants come up and say, leave the master alone. She's already dead. And Jairus is devastated. That bloody woman did it to me again. Whatever. To me, that's what I see in the story. This has got to be what she's thinking. He says, don't worry. Just have faith. Don't worry. That woman had all the faith in the world. His faith has been destroyed. And Jesus helps him and says, don't worry. Let's go. So here they go. They get there, and there's this wailing and this crying and all this stuff. And Jesus says, what's all this? She's only asleep. And they start laughing and mocking. They're laughing and mocking. Now, in my study, I found out that there was actually a professional group that somebody could hire. The whalers. The whalers. And that's what they did. They came in and they wailed and, you know, to allow the emotion to happen in a, in a grieving family. That's what they paid for. So here they are there on their job and Jesus says, she's only asleep. And they're like, you're never come between a man and his paper, right? Like, don't do that. <laughs> like Dave Chappelle says, never become a man in his paper. All right. So that's why they're mocking him. Yeah. And he puts them all away. And he takes Jairus and Jairus' wife, which is the mother and the father of the child, right? And then takes Peter, James, and John, his closest disciples that he always takes with him on some of the most important things that he does. He takes those three. And the reason why is because they play a very pivotal role in the church. And you find that out in the book of Acts. They're very pivotal. And there were 12 of them. Yes, but only 11 made it. And 12 tribes. That's right. There are lots of 12s. <laughs> That's exactly right. So then you get upstairs. And then he says, daughter, arise. Again, with the word daughter. So Jairus got the compassion that he needed and his daughter was brought back. And he commanded him, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what's going on. So all this happens and all this compassion that's happening, right? We're going to end our podcast here. We're not going to get into Lazarus. We're going to have to extend this. There's going to be a part four in this <laughs> three and a half <laughs> <laughs> well we've got one two and this is the third and then we're going to get into lazarus but by the time he gets to lazarus you're going to see somebody that's very close to jesus who loses a family member and jesus makes them wait until he dies and is in the ground for four days yeah four days so that's it for this week's podcast of bible babble Sounds like a lot of babble to me. <laughs> yeah. Ralph, I'd like you to come back. All right. Would you like to be here for the next one? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah. So to read John chapter 11, and if anybody's listening to this podcast, whenever we release it two and a half years from now, <laughs> read John chapter 11. <laughs> See, that works out real good, though, because every time you misspeak, you can correct it far before anybody Well, another thing it. about misspeaking, I'm glad you said that because there are a lot of different Bible versions out there. There's the New American and there's there's this and then there's the New King James and the King James. Because in, in the New King James, it says little girl, but a little girl is a daughter, is it not? So I, I Not would, necessarily. I, I, I mean, I, 
I could walk up to his girl, little girl, and say hello, little girl, but I wouldn't say hello, daughter. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, I think I would. Uh, going back to what I said earlier about what I like about what you were talking about is that we're having a conversation mm-hmm. and you're bringing scripture and you're bringing meaning and and an understanding and uh, a f- certain philosophy to it but everyone believes and thinks other things and people interpret things differently and they read things differently and they read different versions of the bible so i'd say before you anyone out there listening before you jump to any conclusions maybe listen more or, or you know uh, ask questions yeah, I said the biggest thing is for everybody out there, uh, ask questions. Yeah, you know. Yeah, me personally, I prefer the King James Version, not because I was told, but because I did a very, very deep study on that version of the Bible and why it has lasted for four hundred years, and why it is probably, I would say, in the English language, the best translated of all of them. The problem is, is that the time frame of when it was translated in 1611 to now, our language has changed so much, it's hard to understand. And I think you miss a lot of meanings because, you know, when I was reading from here and to thence and to thence and the hind and and thy and thee and the, you know, if, if you read it enough, it makes sense. But I told everybody, you know, read it in whatever version you choose, I just prefer to study it in the King James because the words, like you said, daughter, like in the beginning, God created the heaven. It's a singular. It's not plural. In some of the newer versions, it's heavens. But if you do a study on the word itself, it's singular. God created a heaven and an earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. That's the King James Version. Boy, there's a lot in that first few sentences. And if we're going to talk about the creation of the world, and we're used to hearing the Big Bang, you know, I always believe that when God said, let there be light, that that's the Big Bang that they're talking about. You know, like, let there be light, bang. Bang, I got this. (laughs) Right. I see no problem where science, as a matter of fact, in our first podcast, I was trying to explain that to you, Andy, and you said, you had said, that's not what I was actually after. Um, I I was saying that, I see no problem with science and Christianity or science and religion working in tandem. We don't have to be at war. We're actually talking about the same things. There's a possibility we could compromise on our ideas. The Big Bang could very well be, let there be light. When somebody says, well, the earth is, you know, 13 billion years old, it's not 10,000 years. You're a young earth age believer and all this. I don't need to argue that point with you. A day is is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. God is eternal. I... I don't know how long an actual evening and morning was for for God when he created light. When he separated light from darkness, evening and the morning was the first day. He he just created the day. He didn't say, and now God made 24 hours. He just said he created the day. What a day is at that time frame, who knows? It could be 11, 1380 billion years. We don't know. God's eternal. Like you said, what's yeah. he doing? Just sitting yeah. in the dark? Yeah, yeah. He's been sitting in the dark for all the Well, yeah. yeah. And, and words, have, words have changed and evolved and sayings have changed and evolved. And, and we've all changed and evolved from, you know, back then Jesus used parables because that's most people weren't educated. Mm-hmm. And that was the best way to get through to them because they didn't, they hadn't read uh most of them. I we talked about this in the last podcast and I'll challenge you to go look this up. Jesus spoke parables to blind the people. Did you know that? So that they couldn't understand it. He used parables so they couldn't understand. Read it. It's in the scriptures it'll blow your mind. Cuz I always thought the same like it's it's how you use you take a simple story and it, it's smart. No, they didn't understand it at all. <laughs> it made them blind. 
Yeah, check it out. Google, Jesus uses parables to blind people. Do it. You'll find it. It's in the scriptures. He says, he tells them, I'm, I'm here and I'm telling you, but I'm speaking parables so that they won't understand and so that they won't know what I'm talking about. It's pretty amazing. The context of that would be super interesting to me. Yes. Well, feel free to let me proselytize. Why don't you go read your Bible, Andy? <laughs> go read my Bible. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, read it for yourself. It's very interesting, you know? So you're saying nobody understood him? No, some people did. Some people got it. But there were some people... I, th- I think there are Sadducees and Sadducees, that, uh, the Pharisees and, uh, that, that, that understood. Yeah, they, I think that's they what definitely were them. because there were times when they're like, oh, wait a minute. You're talking about us now, like the parable of the prodigal son. You know, at the end, it was the son, the second son. I, I like to call it the parable of the son that stayed at the house and gloated. That's what I like to call right. it because that's who it's about. Oh, absolutely. It's about the last son who's like, but I've been here the whole time and I've been doing this for you all the time and, and you just gave him everything. What about me? What about me? He's talking about the, he's talking about the, the Pharisees, the establishment. This is what you're saying. You have no compassion. You've missed out. They have lived in riotous living. They're whoring around. They're spending all their money and getting hammered. They're doing all this stuff. And when they come to me, you want me to just push them down and forget about them. But I gave them a robe and a ring and I kissed them and the fatted calf and I brought them in. And the same goes for anybody who wants God now. That's what he's saying. Because whenever that son that had wasted all that and he comes home, it says the father ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's deep. That's a loving God. That's not a hateful God that's trying to send you to hell. If he, if he was a hateful God trying to send you to hell, he'd never let him come home. Right? That's a loving God that came after him. He didn't follow him to a distant land and go sinning with him. He stayed home and he did where he was supposed to, but his son came back. And when his son turned and came back to him, the father got him see we understand that because well, it's the same thing with the father him, because we all fall short mm-hmm. and we're all forgiven and saved by grace but we still have to ask for that forgiveness you have to ask you've got to turn on your own and come back there, to there is, i don't think there's a day that goes by and luckily i'm in the south so there's signs everywhere saying <laughs> you, repent <laughs> jesus is coming so uh, i get reminded that that i am a sinner and that i need to repent and i was just driving back from my in-laws house and i saw the sign and i'm like and you needed to repent lord what did you do <laughs> i was going to say the context of that and, and, you know honestly i i couldn't think of a specific thing that i needed to repent for you just but i knew I, and I know I'm a human being and I have thoughts whether they're good, bad, evil, want to throttle somebody or, you know, uh, uh, my wife isn't around and I see someone and I know that I'm like, hey, I, I need to check myself and I need to say, hey, yeah, I've, I've sinned and, and I've fallen short and forgive me. Because yeah. I still want in. I, I tell people all the time, I'm getting into heaven. Now, I may be the last spot, <laughs> but I'm getting in. <laughs> and the cool part is he wants you in. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. could I could be wrong and there's going to be a lot of my pastors and if, if my last pastor listens to this he's probably never going to let me back in the building. I'm again. sending it to him. But I think <laughs> at the, I think at the very end if you want in and you confess your sins even if it's the split second before God closes it and you ask for that forgiveness, I think you get it. I think that it's even farther than that. Honestly. I think that his mercy endureth forever, it says, according to, I mean, there's an entire psalm that he says, 
his mercy, his mercy, his mercy, his mercy endureth. His mercy endureth forever. And in that psalm, he he has a statement, and then his mercy endureth forever. In the statement, his mercy endureth forever. We all fall short of the glory of God, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. Who can save me from this? Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can save me from the body of this death? Thanks be to Christ. It says, for by his grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man could boast. For by grace are you saved through faith. Literally just the faith in him. That's it. And that's not even of you. Right. It's from him. <laughs> and it's it's a gift. It's given to you. It's and it can be so small. It can be so small. He said, if you have the faith, faith of a mustard the size seed. of a mustard seed, you could look at that mountain and say, Be thou removed, and it would move. Just that kind of size faith. You could have a mountain move. So if we're getting into heaven, we're not she moving mountains. Just touched. When you when you sent this to me and I read through the scripture, the, the thing that jumped out to me over and over and over again is faith. Mm-hmm. And I, I brought it up a couple of times. She touched him. She she just knew that if she touched him, she'd be. Yeah. Did you know that there's an Old Testament scripture that actually tells you that about the son of righteousness? I'm going to read that and then we'll end the podcast. The son of, I'm, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Thanks, Google, because I don't have it by memory. <laughs> Malachi 4.2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. They say that the wings of the shawl, they call it the wings of the shawl. It's the tips. It's the hem of the garment. Healing in the garment. She could have known that scripture. That's speculative. She just said, if I can just touch this holy man, I'm going to be healed. Something told her to go. If anybody knew anything, Jesus didn't know she was coming, but she knew who he was and what he could do for her. Think about this. Could anyone do that? What? Touch him and be healed. Yes. If they believed, yes. If they believed it. If, okay. if they believed, they wouldn't even have to touch him. In every single instance somebody was healed, he says, thy faith has made thee whole. It was your faith that made you whole, but it was your faith in what he could do, not what you could do. It's faith in what he can do. Every time. Faith is a powerful thing. Belief is a powerful thing. I mean, there are people today that, you know, they see their their daughter trapped in a car that can rip a door off, yeah. you know. It's this superhuman capability. And I, you know, I, I'm glad that you said that because I'm trying to wrap my head around this whole thing Jesus didn't know. But a person doesn't know that when they have their daughter trapped in a car, they can rip that door off. They just go do it. And I think uh, what I'm understanding from you is uh, that he... He did them as they came up on him, but he didn't know aforehand that he was going to because he was becoming. Okay, we are commanded to walk in his footsteps. Okay, so watch his footsteps and notice that he says, I go wherever the Father tells me to go. I do whatever the Father tells me to do. So that's, I want to do whatever the will of the Father is. So if you're walking in your day and somebody comes up and they're a homeless person and they're like, you know, hey man, you got $5 or... They need something, right? And you feel that inclination inside of you to say, give him $20 today. What a great day for him. You know, like, give him 20 bucks. You don't know what his life is. It's not required. But when you feel that, like, I've had that happen. I've picked up, (laughs) against my own will, have I picked up, you know, a hitchhiker 
that was completely cracked out of his mind. Okay. But God told me to share the gospel with him. And I don't do that. I don't go around sharing the gospel with anybody. It's just never, I've never really done that. But he told me to pick up this individual and tell him about me. And I was like, okay. I think I, I feel the same way when I go somewhere and there's somebody asking for money and I've got money sitting somewhere. And I'm, I'm, when I recognize that I have money, I'm like, okay, I have to give the money. Yeah. And my daughter's like, why? I said, because the Lord just told me. He said, how do you know he just told you? He just told me. Because about the thought came to yeah, my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. have and compassion on this man and give it to him. If you look at movies, movies all the time have, like if you look at the, 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 the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. there's God all over there. Oh, yeah. And, and you look at Total Recall. So we're talking about Christ coming down and not knowing. My favorite rated R Christian movie. Well, the thing is, these two guys get together, (laughs) the guy that's in charge and his protege, and they say, what we're going to do is we're going to wipe your memory and we're going to send you here. And then you're going to go do all of this stuff and conquer these people because that's the way in because you're going to become one of them. And so it's the same thing here. Jesus becomes, comes down to earth as God, but he doesn't have that knowledge, like you're saying. Right. And then one day it's revealed to him. And Never the same thing thought. happened I, I didn't in know Total that, yeah. Recall. I've never seen that movie. He, at a certain point in that movie, realizes that Hopefully that's sometime during the summer we'll, we'll play. Total Recall is a legit classic, actually, and we'll play it on the- Everything by theater. Philip K. Dick really? is a classic. Right, but not everything is adapted well, and Total Recall is. Are you like, talking about the Schwarzenegger version, or are you yeah. talking about the newest version? No, no, no. No, heresy, sir. Yeah. Back that up. Got to go back to Blade Runner. Just, yes. On, on just a short, It's a legit good movie, too, but so you should watch Paycheck. That's like Willy Wonka versus Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> the original is the only one that's not creepy. Okay, just saying. <laughs> True. It's almost, they, they said that Johnny Depp mimicked himself after Michael Jackson. And it totally makes sense. Well, when yeah, you, I could go with that. When you think yeah. of it that way. Right, yeah. yeah. Never land. Never go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Um, so we'll, we'll meet back here in a couple of weeks. Ralph, I, I hope you can come. That was, I'm oh, great. I'd love and to thank come. Thank you for I'm, reading. I'm surprised yeah. that you would want me to come yeah. back because I, I sometimes find myself mesmerized listening to some of the things you say and the take that you have on it makes me think so hard that I can't get any words out of my mouth. Yeah, it's usually a couple of days after this and I'm like, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. I should need to write this down and do a rerun. But yeah, so, yeah, yeah. this—that's the best part. You know, I—I I like to go back and re-listen to them because I want to see if I made a mistake because I want to make sure that we catch it and then we can talk about the mistakes that we made. But sometimes I've even surprised—I get surprised by the questions you guys ask or the things that you said. You know, like, yeah. most people think of Jesus as God and they think that he knew everything that he was supposed to do exactly the way he was supposed to do it and that he didn't grow. But if the Bible says, again, keep this in mind, whoever's listening or you guys, Mm -hmm. if the Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature, that means he did not have some wisdom and some stature. He was not perfectly all God. Well, he didn't come out talking as a child and he didn't have that wisdom as a child and he went and learned. So... Yeah, when he was born, he pooped in his own pants like everybody else did. And his mom had to wipe him. He had to learn to walk. I yeah. know, and he wasn't walking on water as a baby. He didn't learn how to do that till later. A total Recall is a wild parallel, but I think it's it's not bad. I think I think it reads really. I'll have to watch it yeah. again. I'm watch, You've never watched like, it. I wow. mean, just just okay. in the, is just, that the one with the woman with three boobs? Yes. yes. Oh, I've always and, wanted to watch that movie. Pulls a thing out of his nose. That's yeah. Oh yeah. Not yeah. in the three boob way, but just in the. <laughs> Well, that was that was, that was an alien. The, the, in the immersion, in that weird, like 
uh, ignorance and immersion way that he suggested. There's an interesting parallel there, or maybe an interesting point to take from that particular aspect. So we have homework. We have homework now. For all of you listening at home, everyone has to get their head around the three in one mm-hmm. as one. We're still talking about the boobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah, Listen, just, everybody knows he's on the other side of the glass. And there's always somebody on the other side of the glass. Pack your lunch for motorboating. Okay. <laughs> but, sorry. Uh, sorry. You know, and, and by the time this comes out, we'll probably have a place. <laughs> Triple engine. Right. By the time this comes out, we'll probably have a place for you to write in comments or to send us comments and ask questions for clarification. Don't. Don't run away. Know that this is an open forum for us to share with you. Uh, in my case, sharing my ignorance, and in uh, in other ways, try to learn from how we're trying to understand this, and so that maybe you'll have your own understanding. Because I honestly don't think that two people have the same understanding of anything. No, and think about it like this: This is one of my favorite things to do to people. So, John the Baptist, it says that he, when he was born, he was born filled with the Holy Ghost. He was born that way, okay? It also says that later in life, he went. He goes into the desert. He dresses in camel's hair. He, w- he never cut his hair, and he ate bugs. You read it, and he, he did eat locust and wild honey. Honey and, honey and locust. He ate bugs, okay? He ate bugs, and people, he was wearing people. camel's hair. He, was, he looked like a fruit ball. <laughs> people around the world eat bugs. If you grow up eating bugs, mm-hmm. then you eat bugs. And that's another thing if for everybody If you eat lettuce, you're eating bugs, vegetables, or anything, you're eating bugs. <laughs> the best class I ever took was a world religions class, and I was in management. And the reason I think it's the best class I ever took was because it helped me understand other people with other real religions and how they interpreted what I did and what everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And... If you're, I, I, I think people should have compassion for other people and maybe a little understanding. And you said you don't like arguing and yelling with people. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. And I think if you understand, so I was born a Catholic, I was born into a Catholic family and was raised Catholic and went to schools in a Catholic school. And so I had certain understandings. And when I started questioning that is when I got into big trouble. But I think everyone comes to question their life and their faith. But if you're born a Buddhist, if you're born a Muslim, it's really hard for you to understand somebody else mm-hmm. and what they're thinking. And I do believe that God has grace and understanding of those people and where they are, and he accepts people for where they are and their faith. And I think when they're presented with God, I think that everybody will choose God. Well, and it's important to remember what Jesus said, and this goes for all religions. He said, and this is how they will know that you are one of my disciples, how they love one another. That's how you'll know. So if we're not being loving- They will know we are Christians by our love. Huh? They'll, they will know we are Christians by our love. By our love, not by how much we backstab and cheat on each other and steal and do all those things like a lot of Christians do. It's unfortunate. Well, they're all human. Yeah, but the they're Pope, wrong. The, everybody's in an uproar. <laughs> so everyone's in an uproar right now. I'm getting ready to cause a, 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 a commotion here. Everyone's in an uproar. The LGBT community, whom I have no problem with uh, on, a, on a personal basis. Right. But they're in an uproar because the Pope said that homosexuality is a sin. And everybody's in an uproar about it, but I think we need to accept everyone for who they are. Uh-huh. And 
we all do. They're in uproar because he called the sin a sin. But if you are evasive on don't pay your taxes. Get back on the mic here. Oh, if, if you're evasive and don't pay your taxes, if you cheat on your wife, if you do this, and we say that's a sin, there's not this big uproar. So I think people need to to, to get off their bully pulpit and stop fighting with each other and understand that the rules are the rules and you need to treat people like you said with loving kindness and you need to love somebody and if they are part of a community or if, if they have done something wrong it's not for you to judge right you just have to admit you know homosexuals have been um for probably thousands of years as long as there's been homosexuality they've always been um, mistreated and beaten down and they don't feel like they have their voices. The fact is, whether we call it a sin or not, <clears throat> which I, I know what the Bible says about it, and it is a sin. That's what the Bible says. And But I believe the Bible and I believe in the but Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a sin Christ, to lie and, and, cheat, yeah. and that's steal, my choice cuss, and everything yeah. else. Lust, but for somebody yeah. that wants to come to God, if they hear that their personal choices Pork. are... But we're talking about sexual orientation here. We're not talking about a liar. You might, you might find a homosexual that would refuse to lie and would refuse to steal and it's very, very good. And then, you know, you tell them, oh, by the way, you can't love another man in a sexual way. That's that's a sin. That it would be a devastating thing for them to hear that. And it would make them not want to be a part of it. I, I get it. It doesn't change the fact that it is what it is. It's a sin. The Bible says that. And I believe the Bible. I do. I believe I believe all sin is sin. But and I think people that are on the outside of heaven, like outside of the gate of heaven, gossips, liars, idolaters. Well, I just, everybody there, that's there's what a lot I don't of like about it's Rush about Christ. Limbaugh. It's what I didn't like about Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. And I guess did you know he point. died? Yes, I, I did. Rush Limbaugh and I, passed I, I, away. I'm not happy that he died, but I'm happy his show's not on the air. And the reason is this. It's, <laughs> that it's, was a nice and, and I guess my it. Well, I guess my point is this. That was excellent. It's, 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 it's <laughs> I'm the, happy he's dead. It's, it's, the, it's that Rush and Stephanie Millers of the world have created this big chasm between all of the people. Mm -hmm. Whereas we used to be able to come and have a discussion and grow one another and grow together with each other and and love one another, even if they were a sinner, whether it's you killed someone or you are a homosexual or you steal or whatever. A sin is a sin and all of the sin is sin. Uh, but we still have to love one another and yeah. we still have to yeah. take care of one another. And, and, our, and our job is to still share that love with one another so they see Christ in us and want that for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that they can come to a point where they say, people that sin continue to sin and they ask for forgiveness and then they continue to sin and they ask for forgiveness. But if you sin and you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. Mm -hmm. But if you're not shown love by people. Right. And so be careful not to just point out one group of people. Well, it's like I said you know, why are you so busy pointing at the splinter in my eye when you got a board in your own? Right, right yeah. And well, that's what Jesus said. There's a forest here, so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pointing fingers, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks for joining us today on Bible Babble. And uh, the next time you hear our show, hopefully we'll have some sort of an intro. Uh, well, And after this, Rick may really not invite me back, so I'm not <laughs> yeah. back in the why. <laughs> that dude's got a forest of sin in him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hot in here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a dry heat. Yeah, it's a dry heat. Yeah. Wow, but, nice well, that was a tagline. <laughs> wow. Brought it right back. <laughs> well... I guess I should plug Giraffe Studio. <laughs> so that, no, uh, thanks, Andy. Again, this is great. I yeah. appreciate letting us Thank you. share this here and being a part of it. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Bye. guys. See you. Thanks.
No, honestly. no, no. I mean, I, I was no, just I mean, throwing it, stuff. But it's because it's sometimes fun. we get to babbling. Is is but well, I mean, it, it brings I, it down I, it, to it, a it, level that people think, okay, these aren't guys prophesizing to me. Well, this is what, guys that are having exactly a regular what conversation. Andy said, and the only reason I said eh, is because because you're a prophetizer. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so I guess I better take it back down to the <laughs> bring it down to the real world. I said, we, we Andy, are in, I said, we Andy, are I'm not south. proselytizing you, but let's name this a proselytizing <laughs> style podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go with Bible Babble then. Or let's do it. Bible Bible Pod, Bible Pod, or like Apple Pod. No, Apple. I don't, Bible, I don't think anybody's Bible. like seriously into Bible Babble. It's just so fun to say. No, I don't <laughs> think anybody's like invested in it in this way. That will no, make but the reason I said let's use it was because I don't want this to be seen as a proselytizing podcast. What I want it to be is for people to be able to listen to it and you know enjoy a conversation between a bunch of people from different walks of life and see that it can happen. But also just hear other people with, you know, cause I, I get stuck reading the Bible all the time and I'm sort of to my own thoughts. And then whenever I I'm bring sure up, the Lord loves to hear that you get stuck reading the Bible all the time. <laughs> I'm forced to read the Bible. If I, if I read the Bible, you know, a lot of times my ideas you know, and don't take this the wrong way. This is not bragging. A lot of times my ideas sound like they're a little out there and I'm not trying to be out there. It's just the way that I'm reading it. So when I talk to, Oh, I think, yeah, me and Andy will agree with that because of the Jesus creating the world. Yeah. Well, a lot of people aren't used to hearing Jesus is God. Yeah. But a lot of people aren't used to hearing that. They're used to the father and the son and they can get a hold of that concept because that's what they've always been taught. But when, you know, three and one means three and one. It doesn't mean three. Yeah. It yeah. means one. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's all one. But that's a noodle cooker. I mean, it's hard for anybody. You know, it's easy for me to say, as you are a father and you're a son and you're also. And then I'm the padre and the feeling spiritual son <laughs> oh, too. Gracious. He knows the category. <laughs> I like the southern version. Hey, bye. Hey, bye. Well, Had a good <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa was an old-fashioned preacher, so when he started preaching, he would have his suit on. By the end of the service, he'd just have his, I guess they wouldn't call it a wife beater at the end, but the, the tank top and just barely the slacks. And, hey, man, and sweat. And uh, that was... that was His undershirt. Yeah, yeah, undershirt. There you go. Yeah. The, the Jimmy Swagger look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lord... <laughs> I have sinned. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Where Jimmy I Swagger? I have seen it. I, I grew up with Jimmy Swagger as a kid. My daddy's from Oklahoma, and, and uh, we watched that on the telly. And yeah, I watched that too. I mean, he he slept with a prostitute. He got caught, and so he well, they didn't up. say he slept with a prostitute. He said he was in the room, and and there were things going on there, but uh, necessarily <laughs> I uh, didn't inhale. Quite, quite <laughs> exact, that's ex- <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, but he got he gets up on you know in in front of his entire congregation and millions. I think they said there were well, 28 he cried million. all the time anyway. So that he was did. like, is Judith. this the one that got caught in December? Oh no, this twenty twenty. Like oh, okay, 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 okay. No, that was another televangelist, <laughs> okay. which is pretty right. common. Yeah, yeah. Lord, <laughs> I've sinned. <laughs> and I guess that's the way to do it if you're going to confess your sin. You confess it. He did it. He did. It's just that's the thing with with Clinton. If he had just come out and said it's none of your business, but he lied, that's where you get in trouble. Just just tell the truth. Don't lie. We already know you did it, and it, most of us didn't care. Uh, really. It's just easier for him to say define the word is. <laughs> 
he did that. Yeah, you know, he was afraid of his wife, but then I'm afraid of her, and right. I don't know her. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> you can't say that asking the definition of is isn't a like a brilliant slash brain stopping thing to do. Yeah, well, it's probably was her idea, I would imagine. Well, it worked for me because I after he asked that question, I was like, "How do you define the word is?" Wait. You know, and then you look it up in the dictionary, and then you read the dictionary definition of is. And- <laughs> but even that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. My argument is not that it's a good faith way to be in that conversation. My argument is that it is a brilliant way to stop whatever is happening. Right. Yeah, it's a, it is. It stopped them dead in their tracks. So are we are we going? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, oh, we've okay. been rolling. Is it Try live to- or is it Memorex? <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be Memorex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick, try not to turn too far towards me when you talk to me, unfortunately. You can a little bit, but... Rick, you you can talk, but you have to kind of go like this when you talk so that... uh, I just like... I like to feel like Steven Tyler, like singing... What we need is... We need Rick (laughs) and like a DPA headset, Mike. Exactly. He could do anything he wanted then. Right, right. Well, 